You're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Laura Humphrey, and with me today is Dr. William Pollock, former assistant professor, Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, Hygiene, and Public Health, and board-certified family practitioner, practicing both in Canada and the U.S. Dr. Pollock holds a Master of Science in Clinical Epidemiology and Healthcare Evaluation, and is a leading expert and author on magnetic and electromagnetic therapies. Welcome Dr. Pollock. Thank you. Today we're discussing basic concepts in electromagnetic fields and their applications in medicine. So Dr. Pollock, please explain to us how it is that electromagnetic fields have their impact on the body. There are certain physiologic actions of the magnetic fields. I'll just list a few of them because there are too many to list in this program. One of the most important is improvement in circulation. Vasodilatation improves circulation to tissues. We also enhance the immune system. We increase RNA and DNA. In other words, the healing processes begin to initiate with the use of the magnetic field. Those are some of the very basic actions. Edema, as you know, is a constant of any injury to tissue. And where there's edema, you tend to build up acidity in the tissue locally. And what you're doing with the magnetic fields is research has definitely shown that you can actually decrease the edema as a result, improve circulation, therefore improve healing. Many studies in different animal models and even in humans have shown that magnetic fields can be equivalent sometimes up to 10 milligrams of morphine. So there's a direct analgesic effect of pulse magnetic fields and static magnetic fields. Magnetic fields also decrease the firing of nerves. So nerves are less active. So in nerves that are irritated by inflammation, you get a decrease in the firing of the nerves. And so therefore, pain and irritability decreases. So this is evidence-based? Very much so. In all sorts of models, both animals, in vitro, laboratory, experimental, and uh, to some extent in humans. So have scientists discovered what are some of the healthiest electromagnetic fields that are associated with each of the cells and organ systems in the body? Most of my discussion with you has to be conceptualized down at the level of extremely low frequency and low intensity magnetic fields. Again, in medicine today, you see a lot of high frequency, high intensity fields like MRIs, like lasers, like other microwave therapies for prostate enlargement and so on. So we're not talking about those levels of electromagnetic fields. We're talking about an expanding field of use that goes beyond this for all sorts of tissue modification. It's very hard to think of the use of these fields specifically for specific indications, i.e. for specific diseases, because they're not really designed that way, given their basic biologic effects. I see. But for example, does each organ system have a characteristic or signature field that we can measure? Uh, Yes. Although that science is relatively young, there are devices that can actually measure the magnetic fields produced by different tissues and organs of the body. Some of them are obviously very large, for example, the brain and the heart. Others like gut or lung or muscle, et cetera, would be pretty small. And there's a lot of what we would call noise for those tissues. But yes, the body itself produces its own magnetic fields. And so, therefore, it follows that you could actually influence those tissues. Now, every cell, every molecule in the universe puts off its own resonance, right? We use that in spectroscopy all the time. So it also makes sense that you could have an organ, like a lung tissue, that would produce its own specific frequencies that would be unique compared to, say, the frequencies produced by an eye or a cornea. But those are also being somewhat 
limited in their definition at this point. And I think what we still don't know, it's a relatively immature science. We don't have that level of precision to be able to say this frequency for the eye, this frequency for the lung, et cetera. What we do know is that low frequency magnetic fields do scale up through their harmonics. If you use a five cycle field, five hertz field, the five hertz itself, like in sound physics or musical instruments, actually will move up through its various harmonics, up and down for that matter. But so five would then go up through a harmonic of say 10 and 15 and 25 and so on, all the way up the scale for that. Twos would go like two to four to eight to 16 and so on logarithmically. And so over time, even though you start off with a single frequency into the body, it will cascade through all its harmonics. And that's one of the benefits, that's one of the actions we rely on, because one of the things we tell people about magnetic therapies is that you have to allow some time between treatments to allow all those harmonics to work themselves out. So how is this applied as a treatment? Pulse magnetic fields are applied as treatments using various types of devices. Obviously, you need something that will generate a magnetic field, an electromagnetic field, in order to be able to use it on the body. So you can have tiny little magnetic devices that would be the size of a wristwatch, and they would be electromagnetic. So there are some actually that that are produced that stimulate acupuncture points for nausea of pregnancy. That's electromagnetic stimulation. There are others that may be the size of an orange or a uh, grapefruit, and they would be able to treat local areas, a bigger area, obviously three to six centimeters in, in width. There are yet other ones that come as pads that would be able to treat an area, say, maybe a half a foot by several feet wide. There are additional devices that come as coils. There are drums that basically you can insert an extremity into or surround the whole body with. There are other ones that are flat and can cover the the entire body because the magnetic field, again, emanating from these will tend to go right on through the body. It may start off with high intensity at the surface, but then it will drop off intensity as you move away from the surface of the magnetic stimulus, but eventually it will transit all the way through the body. I'm going to take a break here and let our audience know that if you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. And I'm your host, Dr. Laura Humphrey. Today we're speaking with Dr. William Pollock, physician, scientist, author, and expert on electromagnetic field and therapies. We are talking about some of these basic concepts of electromagnetic fields and how they're being applied in evidence-based medicine today. So you were describing a whole host of different medical technologies that utilize electromagnetic fields for healing. Correct. And some of them are FDA approved and some are not. There are many basically over-the-counter devices that are available that are developed in other countries. And there's more and more research being done with them. For example, one magnetic system that I'm working with is now being researched at the University of Virginia under an NIH grant for rheumatoid arthritis. And so there's a fair bit of research looking at the use of the magnetic fields for rheumatoid arthritis. One of the major limitations that we face with this technology, which is relatively inexpensive, is, and very safe, as we said earlier, it's non-toxic, is the cost of doing the studies, the research. And the companies that tend to produce these devices are often small and don't have the resources that you need to be able to get an FDA indication. In fact, some of the companies that have FDA indications are not willing to develop new indications because of that cost. 
And so we have to rely, unfortunately, on a lot of non-FDA-approved uh, technologies to be able to do the work we want to do. I see. Could you tell us some more about that NIH grant that you were describing? Well, I can't say a whole lot about it because it's still being conducted. I certainly can't give you the results of it. I can tell you that I had a patient personally who was in that study, who left the study, because it's a blind sham study. She was convinced that she was on an active piece of equipment, and she actually went ahead and purchased one on her own because it was having so much benefit for her arthritis. She was able to sleep better. She was able to have less pain, have less swelling of her joints, more mobility. So that study will be concluded probably in about six months. Great. Well, we'll look forward to hearing about that. So are those some of the actions that someone would expect to get using an electromagnetic field for some kind of chronic condition like that? Absolutely. And let's use that arthritis model again. I did a paper on a double-blind study done in Europe on osteoarthritis of the knee using objective knee society score measures. And we found statistically important and clinically important benefits in osteoarthritis of the knee using only eight minutes a day for uh, five days a week for four weeks. Even at the end of that study, we found objective improvements in the clinical pictures of these patients. I wish I could say that we saw clear evidence on x-rays or MRIs that those knees were regenerating joints or regenerating cartilage, but we still had significant improvements. And when you compare that against the costs and the risks of using non-steroidal anti-inflammatories or other potentially toxic drugs, then this is a tremendous benefit and I would say a fairly significant advance in medicine. So how would these technologies typically be used? Let's say, for example, in the arthritis field. Well, again, if you take the right kinds of pads, so there are devices out there, let's say you have a pad that's about 8 or 10 inches wide by maybe 12 to 16 inches long, and you would wrap that flexible material around the knee you turn on the piece of equipment to a program, usually that is set in the, in the system, and they would hold that against their knee for anywhere between 8 minutes to 60 minutes. And they could do that several times a day, two to three times a day. It's that simple. Wow. How can practitioners find out about these different technologies and what's available out there for their patients? Well, they could obviously do their own search on PubMed. They could do their own searches on the Internet. Or I have an authoritative website if people are interested. It's www.drpawluk, in other words, drpawluk.com. And there's two sections on the site that are particularly useful, especially for people who are just learning about this. One is called Treatment Basics. The other is Health Topics. And then we do have a resource section that actually includes products and descriptions of products. And so are insurance companies reimbursing this type of treatment? As I said, there are some FDA-approved devices, and they are covered through some insurances. This process of insurance coverage is just very gradually growing. So for the most part, the kinds of, say, arthritis treatments that I was talking about are not yet covered by insurance companies. Now, I've been able to have uh, people get coverage through their flexible spending accounts, and you could get most likely, although you have to talk to your accountant, you most likely could be able to get it covered through an HSA account. That's readily available. And can patients go to your website, too, to learn about 
this kind of approach. It's not a limited access site. You don't have to enroll in it, so virtually anybody can go to that site and get information. That's great. What do you see for the future with electromagnetic fields and therapies? I see uh, tremendously expanding applications. For example, there's another whole area of development of magnetic fields where there's a lot of science about it now, and now there are a number of manufacturers that are racing to get FDA approvals and get into the marketplace, and that's with transcranial magnetic stimulation. There was a study done in Boston where they discovered actually that patients who were getting MRIs, many patients with treatment-resistant depression started improving because of that treatment. So new devices are being developed for treating all sorts of neurological conditions, including cerebral palsy, MS, tic de la rue, Tourette's, tinnitus, uh, seizure disorders, etc. The list is virtually endless as far as neurological conditions are concerned. So that's a that's a major exciting area of development. Thank you so much, Dr. Pollock. I want to thank you for being our guest today when we've been discussing basic concepts in electromagnetic fields in medicine and how they can be applied for healing. I'm Dr. Laura Humphrey, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.